So today we want to go into a subject matter from the age of the church to the age of the kingdom because the reason I like to do this is because there still seems to be, even here in 2021, some mix-ups, some uh, mishaps about what the differences are because we really left the age of the church, which is what God had longed for for a very long time, and moved into the age of the kingdom. If not, if I'm not mistaken, that era of time was somewhere between the year 2000 and 2002. And so here we are in the year of 2021, going on over into 2022, and yet there's still some question marks and discrepancies about what that looks like. But God's transitioning his church, his body, because he really designed us to be the ecclesia or the ecclesia, however you like to pronounce it, from from the age of the church into the age of the kingdom, restoring it to be like the New Testament church that's in the book of Acts. And as we enter this transition, God is going to reorient both the church and the government of the church. That sounds awesome. Woohoo! I love it. Because this is a season of greatness, a time where God is going to move in such awesome power and such magnificence that it will astound us. It will be a time of great growth. People say, yeah, well, we've heard all this before. But I'm telling you, once he shifted, the thing about the shifting from one era of time to the other, we have to get it, folks. That's part of the hang up, part of the hold up, because we are the ecclesia, the ecclesia. And now that word is kind of being bounced around out there. And if you ask someone what it means, they're not quite sure, which is okay, but they know it has something to do with his church. But actually, the I call it ecclesia throughout this teaching. The ecclesia are the ones that in the book, I believe it was the book of Acts, they said, why here they come. They're going to turn our town upside down too. Because the ecclesia moved in great power, great authority. They knew their government and that the, the word says that the government is up on Jesus' shoulders. That's us. And maybe they didn't know that by scripture then, but they knew it inside of their heart, their spirit. They had the revelation for that. So this is a season of greatness. It will be a time of great growth. Yet at the same time, it will hold great challenges because it will mean major changes, shifts in thinking and shifts in priorities. What could some of the priority shifts be? Some of the programming maybe that we've had in our churches for decades and decades. If you ask yourself, should some of that be changed or should it look at least completely different? than it looks now or have looked in the past? What should it look like in the future? So we must realize that our God is a progressive God. The principles he will apply as he reorients his ecclesia will be the same as they have been, always been, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But his same is progression. In Isaiah 43, remember ye not the formal things neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. So God's desire was to bring the Israelites into a new land flowing with milk and honey. Remember? Look how difficult that became for him. It was a land where they could take their rightful place by subduing and taking dominion. In fact, he enabled them to kill off many of their enemies and begin to prosper in new ways. He <laughs> he wanted the Israelites to grab hold of the fullness of the new, not miss any of the benefits and blessings to come. Now, I would say it's likened that into the church today because God is wanting us to experience the benefits of the new, not hang on to the old and to keep the blessings coming, but in greater mega ways. But he also wanted them to realize that stepping into the new would mean putting aside the old the familiar. And I see that that's very, seems to be very difficult in the church today. I've talked with and spoke with Christian leaders who really astound me as they're sharing with me their vision, their new vision of, of we'll say, of the house. And when I listen to it, it sounds great. But when I go back a year or two later, it's very, very similar to what they had already been walking in. So it's not easy. And that's, that's the place of transition that has to take place. His, his ecclesia today is positioned much like the Israelites were then, in a place of transition. God is shifting his body, folks, out of the age of the church into the age of the kingdom. Now, even though that shift has taken place in the spiritual realm, the natural realm has not proven it out yet. The church has not known its identity, its true identity, who we really are. So we have minimized. We have, um, what shall I say? We move and flow only at probably at about 10% of what God created us to do within the age of the, the church. Those who say yes to this move are being prepared to come into the new place of killing off the giants that have been in the land for centuries so they can come into a place of prosperity and good health in a marvelous way. But for his end time church to step into the new, they too must be willing to put aside the old, the familiar, the, the comfortable. Did you hear that? What's comfortable? Let's step out and do something new. It doesn't matter what we look like. That's the flesh. The flesh is supposed to be die, is supposed to have died and be killed off when we became born again. Today, we're dealing with aspects of the kingdom of God, which is what God is bringing into the earth. The age of the church is over and we're entering into the and have entered into the age of the kingdom. So just say that. The age of the church is over. I am now moving and flowing and willing to do whatever it takes to be a part, a vital part, a relative part in the age of the kingdom. So we are, in essence, being prepared for the establishment of the kingdom, meaning kingdom rule, in the book of Acts, we see the restoration of all things. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, 
And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. That's in Acts chapter three. So during this kingdom age, God wants to reignite us through times of refreshing, reestablish the dominion he has always intended for us to have and cause us to break forth. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Isaiah 54 verses two and three. So not only does, you see, not only does he want us to break forth for ourselves and our seed, but our breaking forth will establish his kingdom, a habitation for him. Aren't you tired of the statement, we had a visitation from God? What about that desire of a habitation, a holy habitation that he's always present and that we don't have to work it up, work it up, and then say, we had a visitation from God. A visitation for him in places and, and people who have been desolate. But notice that before we will begin to break forth to establish dominion as his people, we must first allow the changes to be made. We must enlarge, stretch forth, and strengthen. Part of this enlarging, strengthening, restoration, and establishment of dominion is covered in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, where God reminds the New Testament church that he desires and has always desired that his sons and daughters prophesy. This can be a valuable asset when used wisely. Prophecy can not only build, so it not only builds up his church, but can also shift the atmosphere so that his work can be done. His kingdom includes dominion. If we look at what he's created, all the galaxies and all the stars and all the planets, he has provided so much for his people and now he wants us to step into his kingdom error. His kingdom includes dominion. It includes power. It includes authority. And it includes influence. So when you come into the kingdom of God, all the glory that was on Adam and Eve comes upon you. Did you hear that? All of the glory that was on Adam and Eve comes upon you. I mean, think about it. Adam was given a brain, a mind that he could name all the creatures. Adam had absolute dominion in the Garden of Eden, functioning in the image of God because of God's spirit within him. So take a challenge and read Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 30. When we consider the life of Adam, what he experienced, what he lived in and what he was to ultimately release. We see a picture of the dominion God wants to reestablish in the world today through his body, through his body. So we have that same dominion today. If we only choose to use it, there are some absolutely astonishing things that are happening throughout the earth right now. David tapped into his majesty. Our Lord wants us to do the same thing. 
Because we're in a kingdom, there are territories, structures, and domains. Everything God does is done decently and in order, wouldn't you say? So see Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, 40. As the church worldwide, the ecclesia worldwide, as that, we must listen and learn what decently and in order is to the Lord. Sometimes we have set our own man-made rules, guidelines, and boundaries so rigid that much of what he desires is not even being done. So there is a constitution for this kingdom. We call it the Bible. It sets forth all the parameters, all the benefits, and all the responsibilities of those occupying his kingdom. But you know, there are many books stolen from the Bible, removed, and that plot and ploy was solely to keep us from knowing who we really are and our true identity. Let's look at Enoch, for example. Enoch was a very mystical person. Enoch moved in and out of the supernatural, out of the spirit realm, in, back and forth into heaven until one day, well, God just took him, took him back home, and he began to stay there and do things in the earth now that and partner with people in the earth, just like the great crowd of, cloud of witnesses does as well, by the way, partner with us to do the work of the ministry. It is our instruction book for living in dominion in the kingdom of in the kingdom age. The Bible is our instruction manual. However, we should seek out all the missing pieces because there are many. There are many missing pieces. As God reorients his church, it will mean a complete transition from the way things have been done. As the, transi- as the transition takes place, we will begin to see major changes coming to his end-time body. He is releasing an end-time anointing through his church for this process. Praise God. It's, <laughs> it is no longer going to be, as people say, church as usual. But many are still having church as usual. It is now to be elevated to the kingdom where the ecclesia is ruling and reigning throughout the church, even on their work sites. As he visits his church, as he uh, trains us to take the dominion, he's always intended. And as he moves us into this kingdom age, we will see great blessings as well as experience great, great challenges. So there's transition. And there's, you know, changes are here now. And let's look at transition versus change. As we look at how God is shifting his people from the church age to the kingdom age, we will we see a lot about transition and change. In this uh, world today, there is a lot of transition because of change. And we have to go with the flow of that perspective, which God has given to his body. And so regardless, it is important we understand the difference between the two words and the difference in the way they will affect us, both as a part of the body of Christ and as individual believers. First, we need to be to define the term. So transition is defined as a passage from one stage or place to another. Change is defined as to make radically different, to alter. So transition and change are not the same, even though they're intertwined, sort of like in the teaching I had done before, intertwining revelation and imagination. 
It's so amazing how God works all this out that we get to see these shifts and changes and be a part of something vital that he is doing. How amazing our God is. Off the chain, wonderful, all the words you can think of that are glorious for him. So transition and change are not the same, even though they're intertwined, there's change in transition. But transition is not change and change is not transition. So as God is preparing us to be his end time army, the transition is the passage from one stage, which was the age of the church, to the next stage, the age of the kingdom. The changes that are experienced during the transition are the ways in which he will make us radically different. Don't you want to be different? Don't you just sense it, feel it, know it, desire it? Well, if you desire it, then you can see that your desire has lined up with his because he desires to alter us as his church so that we will be able to function as a body when he has moved us to our new position. Praise God. So one simple way to look at transition versus change is to see how God created us for both transition and change and orchestrates both during our human lives. We, I love that during our human lives because we're only here human in a few years, maybe 10 decades. After that, we go back to that super spiritual, creatively designed body by God, which is still in us, by the way, because he sent us here from afar. So we walk in both realms. But anyway, let me move on. Because we go through several basic transitions from babyhood to childhood to adulthood as we make the passage from each of these very distinct stages in the, to the next, we experience many physical and emotional changes. Moving from childhood to adulthood, for example, is a transition. The maturity in body, mind, and emotions that transpires during the transition is the result of the necessary changes that are made to function in the new position. And as we enter each stage, we begin to function differently, don't we? Transition and change bring enlargement. Notice that in the natural realm, transition brings enlargement. It's easy to see that there are definitely increased benefits in large scope, just very strong enlarged scope of activities and interests and bigger challenges as we move from childhood to adulthood. The changes that come with the transition are also changes for the better. Changes that bring about enlargement as we make the transition, not only do our bodies grow stronger and more capable, but our ability to learn is increased. Our reasoning capacity enlarges and our emotions become matured. Praise God for that. I thank him for it, don't you? So there are always natural and spiritual parallels which help us understand what God is doing. So we can be encouraged by nothing, excuse me, by noting how God always brings enlargement and increase through his transitions and the necessary changes involved in preparing us for the new. Isn't that awesome? He brings the necessary challenges and changes that prepare us for the new folks. So he's in the plan altogether for us, for our sake. He's in the plan altogether. The word... 
<laughs> never teaches us to maintain status quo. It instead, it always encourages us to grow, to expand, to enlarge. Proverbs, while well, Proverbs tells us when you teach um, just man will increase in learning. Proverbs 9, 9, Peter admonishes us to grow in grace in 2 Peter 3. According to Paul in verse 18, we're constantly being changed from glory to glory by the spirit of the Lord that is within us. 2 Corinthians 3.18, if the body of Christ can grasp the reality of the fact that one phase of existence, the age of the church, is now over and we are being prepared for the unfolding of the new, even better in the kingdom age, perhaps we can look forward to the increase of what is to come and become less resistant to the changes that would be necessary to complete the transition We have to not resist. It just takes us longer. Transitions begin with an ending. So one thing we need to remember is, as God is transitioning us, that that is transition to a new stage cannot begin until the old stage ends. That was happening for the children of Israel. And boy, did they resist. So transitions always begin with an ending. The church is often excitedly looking forward to the new thing that God is proclaiming, not realizing the challenges that we have (laughs) to get there, the things we'll have to encounter as God is building the new. Remember, we're co-workers and co-creators with him. What an awesome responsibility. What an honor to be able to step into that place. For instance, because of family growth, you need to expand your home. Portions of the house will have to undergo some sort of renovation in order for the growth expansion to take place, or you have to move. You have to move. The Israelites had to move. An original old wall may have to be come down. Other parts of the old structure will have to undergo radical change. Some of the old familiar parts will have to be torn down and removed. Even though you realize what is happening and look forward to the new, some of the changes will be uncomfortable. So until you're ready to acknowledge that the old has got to go, you can't begin building the new. Such is the way with the church today. If the new thing the Lord wants to accomplish, in this case, the unfolding of the kingdom age, which we've already entered into, it's going to happen. The old ways of the church must be altered. And many parts will need to be put aside, set aside, put aside in the process. So during our building process, things can get a bit messy. (laughs) Even in the local church, pastors begin to see that much of what used to work is no longer working. So there is a time during the transition when everything, everything seems out of order, even a bit chaotic. As the changes begin to evolve, it can seem chaotic, but it is actually just the new taking the place of the old. And when the transition is completed, everything will be back in order. So allow God to ruffle some feathers a little bit. Things will function smoothly and the old will be just a fading memory as you rejoice in the new. So, Lord, I decree over those who
who are listening to this teaching right now, who have listened, that the fresh revelation of this teaching will burst forth and cause a fire, a fresh fire to be stirred in their hearts of what you're planning to do and the excitement of it, Lord. The healings, the miracles, the the uh, fantastic prophetic voices that will come forth within the ministries, which is inclusive in the workplace. There'll be nothing lacking. And we thank you for it now in Yeshua's holy name. So be it.